KCOU Sports Three seasons here in this industry. Not we a lot have, do. Not a lot we do. We have Harrison Vapnik, Jonathan Lidskin, reporting live from the basement of the Student Center. As always, except for that one time in the airport and that one time in the hotel, <laughs> a couple times in Boca, a couple times in Northbrook. But for the most part, usually out here. For the most part. In Columbia. It's been a good summer. We had one show over the summer, if you missed it. It's on Spotify now. Um, I forgot what we talked about. Oh, it was the top ten games of the NFL season upcoming with a with friend of the program, David Campbell. Liddy, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Excited to get college football and the NFL back. You were very passionate about coming back in here and doing the show on this specific day. Yes, on this specific day. You well, you came back early just to come back, you know, for this. Well, I was going to be show. I was going to be back this week anyway, so I would have been back more here, time but, to prep for the show. But yeah. You know, got to got to get back into into the zone. Well, how much time does it need to prep for the biggest preview show of our season? We'll do th- three straight weeks of previews. We'll do SEC and ACC this week in college football. Next week we have Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac Twelve. What's and, left of it? And then we have the NFL preview on, I believe, the that's on the second of August or the second of September, third of September. The first is Thursday, second Friday, fourth of September. I'll uh, be previewing the NFL and also. Actually, no, that's the college. Uh, my dates are all off. We might have to work around that. Regardless, we'll 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 figure it out. Fourth we'll, of September, I think we'll, is right. It's the twenty eighth, actually. That we, we skipped a week. Ah, the twenty eighth of August, we'll be doing our NFL preview. So mark your calendars. But well, let's move on to the SEC and the team that lifted up. The college football playoff trophy last year in Indianapolis, the Georgia Bulldogs. When it comes to kind of building a dynasty, I think the most difficult step to cross is the first one. And that's what Kirby Smart did last year, an incredible 12-0 regular season before a lot of people wrote them off after a blowout loss to Alabama in the SEC championship, including the man across from me. They made the college football playoff, handled Michigan easily, played Alabama, tough first half, Stetson Bennett was near perfect in the fourth quarter, Game-leading touchdown to Adonai Mitchell. Brock Bowers touchdown to extend the lead. Keely Ringo pick six to seal it off. And the Georgia Bulldogs are the national champions of college football. Who could have predicted that? Now, what's next for them? Losing guys like Trayvon Walker and Quay Walker and Lewis Seen and... Nicobe Dean. Nicobe Dean, my favorite player. And how about Jordan Davis, the big man in the middle? A lot of guys gone, but the offense is mostly intact. Stetson Bennett's still there. A lot of the top receivers, including Mitchell. Uh, Kenny McIntosh and Joe Milton in the backfield. Solid offensive line still, the strength of Georgia's team. John, what's going to take for the Georgia Bulldogs to have a repeat in 2022? Well, their schedule certainly plays into their favor. They start with Oregon, obviously, week one after that. Their SEC West crossover games aren't too tough. And then, of course, they avoid playing in the West, and they get to play in the East, as always. But I think for Georgia this year, I have them personally going 12-0 again and and losing the SEC championship to Alabama and then still making the playoff. 
at 12 and 1, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a role reversal this year for this team. Their offense, I think, is going to be a top five group in the country. They have just this is like the deepest pass catching group I've ever seen for a team. Yeah. They they have legitimately six receivers that they can throw out there and be productive. And three to four tight ends. They have three tight ends they can throw out there, and then you have two pass catching running backs as well. So a couple guys that we have obviously have to mention. Brock Bowers is the best tight end in the country. He was the best tight end in the country from the moment he played yeah. in that Clemson he, game he last year. He didn't win the Mackey Award. That went to Colorado State's. Um, why is his name leaving my head? Uh, Colorado State's tight end. His he, name's leaving my head too. But he's he's on the Cardinals now. He's competing with Wesley. Uh, it's <laughs> we we you know who we're talking about. We'll we'll come up with him eventually. But yeah. I'll, A.D. Mitchell, I think, is going to end up being their number one receiver. And then they'll also rotate guys like McConkey, Kiaris Jackson, Marcus Roseby. Jack Saint had a really good year last year. Dominic Blaylock was excellent his freshman year yeah. and really hasn't gotten opportunity because of injury and other guys have just been better than him. And then, of course, Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Wilton are, are your running backs. Uh, I didn't even mention your boy Darnell Washington. Yeah, how could you? And then on defense... You know, they lose a lot, like we mentioned. You lost Dean, you lost Davis, you lost Trayvon Walker. But you also bring back guys like Jalen Carter, who should be a top-ten pick, Nolan Smith, who most, might be a first-round. Most, most of the secondary. Yeah, Keele Ringo, I think, is probably the favorite to start the season for the Thorpe Award. Yep. Christopher Smith comes back. Dan Jackson's going to have a big year for them. I think this is a really good team again. And I think the way the schedule lines up, I think they're destined to go 12-0. and yeah, The tight end was Trey McBride. I know our, our good friend Adam Busek was probably yelling at his radio dial <laughs> yeah. when we couldn't come up with him. He is. Georgia last year had a very good offense. We just didn't see them a lot because it was 37 nothing at the half at a lot of their games, and we didn't need to see them basically run up the score. like they right. In terms of I think yards per drive or whatever, they, they were one of the best teams. Yeah. And they were dominating teams up front. I have them at 11-1. Uh, I just don't know if this team is good enough to run the table in the regular season. I think they're a little worse than they were last year. Last year, they basically blew out everyone in the regular season outside of Clemson. Uh, I think there's a stumble somewhere in there, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they went 12-0. So that moves us on to the team that they will beat in the national championship and the team that beat them in the SEC championship. That's Nick Saban's Alabama Crimson Tide. They return the highs and winner Bryce Young, and they return arguably the best defensive player in college football in Will Anderson. They have a stacked linebacker group with Anderson, Henry Tuotuotu, who had over 100 tackles last year, and then Dallas Turner, who kind of popped off at the end of the year. And we know how talented he can be. Solid defensive line. The secondary is one of the best in college football. Kool-Aid McKinstry, one of the coolest names in the sport. Jordan Battle at safety. Kerry Jackson at the other corner. And Eli Ricks is probably going to play more of a nickel role to transfer from LSU. Offensively, the weapons, I think, are a little bit of a question to start the year. Because it's, it's Jermaine Burton, who's never played a snap, with Bryce Young comes over from Georgia. It's mm-hmm. Jacoy Brooks, who's kind of more of the stable guy. they got to transfer Tyler Harrell. Outside of that, it's you know JoJo Earl, who's a sophomore, didn't play much last year. So we'll see how long it takes them to get those receivers in sync. But the big name in the transfer acquisition was Jameer Gibbs, a pass-catching running back. So in Alabama really hasn't had. They usually have the Derrick Henrys, the Mark Ingrams, the, you know, throw another knee out there. Yeah. The Damian Harris's, the mm-hmm. Najee Harris, the, these downhill runners. Uh, Gibbs is more of a pass-catching guy. They have a great offensive line. Cameron Ladd, who's a good tight end. You know, is this... The best team in college football. Yes, I think it is. And I know, you know, I've said this on Twitter, I've said this to you, I've said this to a lot of people, but I finally get to say it on air. This is probably the best college football team ever I've ever assembled on paper. Like, 
you can talk about 2019 LSU looking back at it. You can talk about 2018 Clemson. You can talk about really whoever you want. But the, the t- things that this team is going to do on the field are going to be very, very dominant. And, you know, you mentioned a lot of guys. One thing you didn't talk about, uh, their offensive line, they bring, bring back three guys, Javion Cohn, Darian Dalcourt, Emil Ikior Jr., Three, three guys that come back. J.C. Latham will be their right tackle. He was a f- former five-star and I believe the top offensive tackle in his class yep. two years ago. So a very stable offensive line, a very exper- experienced group, and very talented group. Their pass catchers are probably their biggest weakness, but, but I think Burton has a good year. Ja'Cory Brooks was, yeah, was, was yeah, good as a freshman. Last year against... Um... Was it Cincinnati in the bowl game? Yeah, yeah. He he kind of broke that game open right before the half, and then they bring in Tyler Harrell from Louisville as well. JoJo Earl should get in there, but he's hurt right now and probably won't be back until late September, early October. Yeah. And then the tight end Cameron Latou wrote it's in there as well. I think Jameer Gibbs is just another example of how Nick Saban's adjusting to modern college football. Because they need to. Kind they, of, they, they haven't had that guy in a Pass catching running backs, spreading the ball around. You can't just get line up and hand the ball off 25 times to win a football game in the SEC anymore. But on defense, I'd like their defense is even better than their offense. You know, they bring back three guys on the defensive line. Will Anderson, Dallas Tur- Turner are your edge, edge rushers that are listed as linebackers. You know, Henry Tooto, who is their leading tackler, is back. You mentioned they get Eli Rickson from the transfer portal from LSU to go along with Kyrie Jackson, Cooley McKinstry. DeMarco Helms is a really good safety as well as Jordan Battle, and then they'll rotate Brian Branch and Malachi Moore in there. This is a very experienced Alabama group. Alabama is not used to bringing back this much. No, they, they, very rare. No, they, they never bring back this much. And, of course, I barely even mentioned the best quarterback in the country, in my the opinion, Bryce Young. Yeah, so what's we both think Bama and Georgia are going to win their respective divisions. Mm-hmm. What would kind of be a recipe for disaster why each of those teams wouldn't make Atlanta? Um, I, I think it would have to do with a, a team being like unexpectedly good. Like a 2019 LSU coming out of nowhere. I, I, like Georgia, Georgia their offensive line is talented, but it's kind of younger. They're starting a lot of sophomores. So I, I can kind of see where they would slip up. Bama, I can't see it. Like Their, their schedule is going to be tough in the West, but there, there's nobody that should touch this team and I, I think Georgia will receive the benefit of like they can lose an SEC game and still make the championship just because you don't have the quality of competition in the East that you do in the West yeah. like there there are some good teams in the East but I, I think there are probably three or four teams in the West even outside of Alabama that I would take before the next team best team in the East so that's a good transition to talk about one of these teams in the East the Tennessee Volunteers mm-hmm. who were a 7-5 and five team last year in the regular season they finished 7-6 and six with an overtime loss in the bowl game to Purdue this seems like a team where people kind of fall into the trap where we only think about the good of last season yeah and where we there think was about bad we think about when they killed uh, Kentucky on the road and when they you know, put up all these points in these games. We don't think about when they get blown out at Florida and I guess when they blew that game early in the season against Pittsburgh. and Or when know, they couldn't get a stop against Purdue. Yeah. But people like to think about the points and all of a sudden Josh Heupel and Hendon Hooker threw 30 touchdowns and like three interceptions, something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. They do return a lot on the offensive side, though. Jabari Small is a very good running back, even though they lost their starter to Louisville. Very good receiving core. Cedric Tillman, Jalen Hyatt are both very good. Offensive line is a bunch of veterans. Three seniors, two juniors. But the defense is just the major red flag. They, they return a bunch. Their defensive coordinator, 
You know, it's, he's entering his second year in that system. But I, if I can think of his name, he when his second year at Penn State, they had a big jump in terms of scoring defense from 2016 to 2017. Mm-hmm. Can Tennessee possibly contend in the SEC East? I don't think – I think contending is kind of a stretch. But I do think because they play in the East that nine wins is very much in play. And I think I have them winning that nine games. So do I. You know, their offense – is going to be one of the better ones in the conference. Hendon Hooker played absolutely fantastic last year. Cedric Tillman was just unbelievable in the bowl game. And, you know, they actually brought in Bruce Brew McCoy, who you remember an interesting recruitment committing to Texas, then USC, yes, then Texas yes. again. So can I have him now? And I think the, the, I like their weapons a lot. Their, their defense is really where you start to get questions because I think – their pass rush could actually be okay. Byron Young had a really good season for them last year, and they bring back Ty Barron as well. But I, I struggle to see how they're going to cover a ton of these elite teams in the sac- secondary. You know, they're experienced, but I'll say it a couple more times when we do our previews. Just because you bring back players doesn't necessarily mean that's a good thing. Yeah, these I players think, have to be good. I think it both be a good thing and a bad thing for some teams. For Tennessee... It's one of those we don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Their their corners have to develop. Their corner their corners were not great last year. Yeah. They're older now, so it was also the first year with Hypo, and there was a lot of energy around there. And you know, I actually asked this to a uh, a Mizzou grad. We'll, we'll talk about him later. <laughs> but who would you rather have as a coach of Missouri, Josh Hypo or Eli Drinkwitz? Josh Hypo. Okay, that was the answer that they gave. <laughs> but it's. It's going to be an interesting year Tennessee. They have a tough game at Pittsburgh in Week 2. I think Tennessee can win that game. The return game of their, their home-and-home. Uh, they seem like a 9-3 and three team in my mind. Favorable schedule. Uh, they go to Georgia, though. That's yeah, it, Outside of Georgia and Bama, like, it's hard to call that a favorable schedule, but it kind of is. The, the pick game is interesting because, you know, they were in a position last year where they weren't really ready to, to win a game against a team like that. And they're early. also starting Joe Milton, a quarterback, who's early, terrible. Y- yeah, and they still played that game close. It was a high-scoring game, but, you know, having to go to Pitt and play in an NFL stadium is not going to be an easy no, game. No, I think I was about to say the opposite. It could be. That stadium, like, that's a bad yeah, home but like, advantage. To teams, tr- I, I, I always take teams going on the road and playing in a not-very-full NFL stadium as, like, harder than you think. Like, the, obviously, the prime example of a team going to Pitt and lo- losing like it's Miami. And but that was that, that's a different scenario because that was late in the year and Miami was kind of overlooking them because they had already clinched the division. Do you remember the upset pick of the week you gave last year in week two that I told you to Colorado take? Colorado beating Texas A&M. Yeah, and that game was a ten to three game. Ten seven, yeah. Yeah, so I, I that, think that, I think that's more of a case of Texas A&M being hurt. It's weird. I, do, I think Pitt, Pitt fans will show up. I think I, do, yeah. I don't. I don't they think, showed up for that game against Central Florida. That I, I don't think that stadium is going to be empty. So, but I, and I do think Tennessee wins it. But, but that's but, not like playing at I don't know Wake Forest. Yeah, but, I'm trying to think of an ACC stadium that would, like that's not like playing at the Carrier Dome. Like uh, they might go, they might go at five and one against the East, and but their their West crossover is really brutal. It's LSU and Bama. Yeah, and I, they're playing back to back weeks. I have three three losses for them: LSU, Bama, Georgia. Yeah, I think they lose both games in the West. That's a good transition to Texas A&M, who's one of those teams in the West, too. Uh, you, were, you felt very differently about, I would say, three months ago. Yeah. And now we kind of see them the same way. And it's Jimbo Fisher is a good coach. I, don't, I wouldn't call him a great coach. They were, he, used to be, he used to be better. What would the narrative be about Texas A&M if they didn't win the Bama game last year? Uh, that's a good question. I, I think 
the narrative would probably be they're a eight win team that like and like a lot of college football like knowledgeable people think that anyway. But I think the casual take would be that they're probably an eight win team. They finish third or fourth in the in the West. So which yeah, I, no, they're they're not as good as that. That's where I have that. They brought in one of the best recruiting classes of all time. That is a fact. Yes. What also a fact is if you go through their depth chart, I believe there's one of those players listed as a starter. These players are going to be good at some point. Yeah. These players are going to be starters and stars in that program at some point in time. That's not this season. I look at their roster, and I'm not overwhelmed really anywhere outside maybe the secondary. Quarterback, I would say, is... I would say either Haynes King or Max Johnson Bad. is the 12th best quarterback in the conference, only behind... Um, only in front of Brady Cook. Brady and Cook and Malik... Uh, Right, or not, not Mike Wright Mike from Wright. Vanderbilt. <laughs> oh my god, that, that was such a bait. It's they're gonna have a quarterback disadvantage in probably 10 or 9 of their games this season. Yeah, wide receiver Nia Smith is good, Chase Lane is all right, Evan Stewart will play. He's a very yep. talented freshman. There's still a lot of soft, offensive line, sophomores and freshmen on this offensive line. It's gonna be fine. I wouldn't call it great. It's, and, it's better. And defense, it's, it's okay. You know Jimbo Fisher's had one first-round pick since he's been at Texas a <laughs> Who was that? It's Kenny and Green. Just this past year with the Texans. Who shouldn't have been a first-round pick. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I have this at a, I think, 8-4, and four, maybe 7-5. and five. I think I have them at 7-5. Okay, five. I have them in Arkansas at 8-4, 7-5, but I don't know which is which. I think I have A&M at 8-4 and four right now in Arkansas 7-5. Here's the thing. So... They're going to lose games. They're going to lose games at the start of the year in the SEC, and it, it's going to be too late. Like, eventually you're going to have to play these freshmen. And Walter Nolan, Shamar Stewart, like, Denver Harris, like, those guys are going to have to play. And th- when they do play, they're going to make mistakes because they're freshmen. They're young. Fre- very rare does a freshman come in and he's just, like, a flawless player. And Just, just ask Bo Nix. <laughs> And I think that this team early in the season, like, they could lose a game to Miami at home. They could lose a game at Arkansas. They could lose at Mississippi State. They're going to lose at Bama. Like, the the schedule actually doesn't lighten up until, like, they get to the back half. And The non-conference is brutal. It's App State and Miami who are both, like, very good teams. They're not going to lose to App State. I don't think so. That might be my upset special of the week just for a narrative thing. But yeah, they're not going to lose to App State. They're, they'll dominate a team like that up front. But a team like Miami, on the other hand, they won't. He's got a good quarterback, good coach, good yeah. offensive line. And, you know, they lost to Arkansas last year. They have to... They're gonna be underdogs in that game. I, well, this year. Can they keep pace with Mississippi State on the road? I, I don't know. Like ba- they ba- lost Mississippi. That, that I'm picking Mississippi State in that game. There's like six or seven games. Like I already know who I'm picking. Mississippi State's one of them. That's you know, the week before the Bama game. It's gonna be such a look ahead. Even if A&M's probably like number twenty in the country. I mean, you play three of your four, four non-conference games to start the season, and you know you could you like worst case scenario they could go two and four in the, this stretch. Yeah. Like they 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 legitimately could be two and four to start the season. So that's a good transition to Arkansas, who I know you're very high on. I very want, good I want team. you to explain them first because I, I have my skepticism about them. Okay. Uh, let's do this. Hold on. I'm scrolling up to my Arkansas notes. All right. So here we go. KJ Jefferson's back, first and foremost. He is probably a top four quarterback in the conference. I, I think I'm at three. Yeah. He's v- very good. They return their entire running back room. That's Raheem Sanders and Dominique Johnson will be the two featured guys there. 
They get bring in Jaden Hazelwood from Oklahoma, who should be their top target. And I expect a big breakout season from Keytron Jackson. He's kind of like their contested catch guy. He can kind of fill in for what some of Traylon Burks did. Their tight end should be by committee, you know, um, with Trey Knox, Hudson Henry, and maybe even Nathan Bax gets in there. They returned four old line starters. Uh, Stromberg, who's one of the, that is uh, Ricky Stromberg, one of the top centers in the country. And then they also return Wimmer, Wagner, and Latham to round out a very good offensive line. On defense, best two players, you have Bumper Poole, who's the returning linebacker, one of the best names in all of college football. And then Jalen Catalan, who's been a great safety there the last two years. They have lots of depth at the edge position. They brought in Landon Jackson from LSU. They brought in Jordan Dominic from Georgia Tech. Eric Gregory, they can kind of move around and play edge or inside wherever they really need him to be. They brought in Drew Sanders, who's a linebacker transfer from Alabama. And then the cornerback room is really kind of where you have questions about their defense. But they have a lot of depth there, too, so they're going to have a lot of competition. Right now, um, Ladarius Bishop and Hudson Clark are the two guys listed. Um as starting for them, but don't be surprised if Dwight McLaughlin rotates in there as well. Okay, and you made a lot of really good points there, mm-hmm. which I like. But the, the, the direction I would go in is I think it kind of goes under the radar how difficult it is to replace a guy who has 120 targets like Traylon Burks did last mm-hmm. year. I think Warren Thompson's a good player. Jaden Hasselwood, we've kind of waited for a couple of years for him at o- Oklahoma to be a good player. We didn't really see it. Yeah. Maybe Kendall Bryles, the offensive coordinator for Arkansas, will open it up and figure it out. I I just wonder. We're going to talk about. We're going to use this phrase a lot over the next couple of weeks. It was last year kind of the best case scenario of what yeah. it looks like? Because mm-hmm. last year they were nine and four team. They played Bama extremely close in the regular season. They scored 51 points against Ole Miss and lost the game. They obviously got killed by Georgia, but Georgia killed everybody. Last year was just a, a perfect storm for them last year for the most part. They caught Texas A&M a really good time. They played Texas. They got lucky where the, how the Texas home-and-home home went out where they missed the game at DKR, but they got them to come to their place early. In the yeah, and they, they kind of dominated them from the get-go. So it, it felt like a lot of things last year fell in their favor. This year, I think it's it's kind of favorable. I think getting Cincinnati early in the year is should be a good thing because we're yeah. not sure what Cincinnati is. But it's this tough three week stretch at home against Alabama, at Mississippi State, and then at BYU. What, what I think one of the one of the other things this is more schedule related that people aren't looking at at this team. The road games they have to play are very. First of all. I don't know who in the world scheduled BYU in the middle of the season. That, is that even a home and home? That was a, that was a bad decision. But I, I think other than that, you know, the teams you have to play on the road. You have to go to Auburn, who's the worst team in your division. You have to go to Mizzou, who's you are a much better better team then. And you have to go to Mississippi State. Yeah, they, they got a very favorable uh, East. Draw. So I like the fact that they're playing a lot of the good teams at home and a lot of the teams they can beat on the road. How many games do you think they can win of this stretch against? Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, and Alabama, I'll put, I'll put South Carolina. In there. Alabama, LSU, Ole Which Miss. Of those three, how many games do you think they can win? I think they probably win. I think they probably win the second two. Nobody's beating Alabama. Oh, I, yes, I'm very adamant about that. But I think LSU. It, it, LSU. First of all, they play LSU the week after week after LSU plays Alabama. So they're going to be beaten up, and Arkansas is playing Liberty the week before. So, I, I think that's let, let, we haven't gotten into LSU yet, but I think that's a game that's that nice. LSU loses. And o- Ole Miss, I think, is going to score a lot of points, but 
I, I think Arkansas is a more complete team, and they get them at home. Yeah, that's gonna be. They're a very interesting team to watch out for next year. <laughs> LSU, it's time. This is a team we're both very high on. Yeah. You, we did an, a way too early top 25 at the end of May. Mm-hmm. You made a point about LSU. I'm like, because I wasn't thinking about much of LSU. I took a lot of time this summer to dive into the roster, dive into everything. I consider myself an LSU expert now. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. I, I'm not, I'm not going to call myself the expert. Instead, I'll call myself the Tiger King because <laughs> we are riding LSU. You've, this you've sent me the meme already. The meme will be posted on the fourth of three weeks from today. After they beat Florida State. After they beat Florida State by 15 points, if not more. This is a team that everyone should expect to be a top team in college world this year. Yeah. Jaden Daniels is taking the first team reps per reporters down in Baton Rouge. As he should be. John Emery at running back. Top five-ish running back in the conference. Maybe. Yeah. Rotate him in with Noah Kane. Kayshawn Boutte, one of the best wide receivers in college football. <laughs> Also, a very good receiving core. I like a guy like Jenray Jenkins a lot on the defensive side. Mason Smith at defensive tackle. B.J. Ojulari on the edge. Yeah, who's really good. A couple good. good players in the secondary. This? Brian Kelly, 14 of the last 15 years, has won at least eight games. That includes the um, the vacated seasons because, like, you know, he actually won those games. That wasn't a computer. No. <laughs> the Sagarin ratings didn't win those no. games. <laughs> They're going to be a very good team. Brian, this is one of those talented teams Brian Kelly's ever coached. He inherits all of Ed Ogeron's recruits. Even though Ed Ogeron wasn't the best of coaches, he could recruit like hell. So, what are your thoughts on LSU? Yeah, so the, another guy I want to mention that on offense that you didn't is Malik Neighbors, who had a really yes. good freshman year. Um, I think he's going to have a huge breakout season. You know, this team, like, it's going to be big play after big play for running the football if Jaden Daniels is in their quarterback. Butte and Neighbors are huge big play threats, and, you know, on, on defense, it starts up front. They have probably a top-five pass rush in the country. Allie Gay is another guy you didn't mention who's just fantastic. Mason Smith is a guy everyone expects to break out, and then, of course, Ojulari is a first-round pick, if not top ten. They bring back Mike Jones as, as well. Makai Garner, transfer from Louisiana, will rotate in there. You know, they and. You know, that where they struggled last year is their secondary, and they bring in a ton of new talent. Yeah. To, to kind Seven of fix Banks that. is a great slot corner at Ohio State. Yeah, they, they bring in, I mentioned Makai Garner. They bring in, they bring back Michael uh, Baskerfield. They got one of the Missouri players, uh, Mekai Wingo. Yeah, Joe, Joe Fucha and Greg they Brooks. They released the transfer portal. Joe Fucha and Greg Brooks broke both in from Arkansas. Jarek Bernard Converse in from Oklahoma State. They brought in a lot of talent in the secondary. And, you know, like, I've gone up and down this roster a lot. The, the their main problem could be that their old line could struggle and Brian Kelly the is offensive like, line whisper. Yeah, he like I have I have when, a worry. When has Brian Kelly had a bad offensive line. It, it's it's a worry, but Brian Kelly will get those guys playing up to their level of talent. And this is what Arizona State say to me about Jaden Daniels when I rant about him. It's like, oh he he holds on to the ball too long. I think that's a product of bad coaching. Mm-hmm. With Herm Edwards and whatever six people were on staff the last couple years, Arizona, Arizona State, State has the worst, like worst culture in the no, country. I agree. Now he's going with Brian Kelly, who's made quarterbacks work. You think of guys like Deshaun Kaiser and Everett Golson and you know Ian Book and mm-hmm. Tommy Reese and all these guys. Like Jay Daniels is so much more talented than any of those guys, basically. Yeah. And I, I think he's going to have a fantastic season and put himself back into. He's he's also ran. He, we, we were talking about. I'll get back to you in a second. We'll be, we were talking about him as like an NFL draft pick in. After his freshman year, mm-hmm. now nobody's talking about him, and now people are going to start talking about him again. Yeah, and I, I like the fact that Brian Kelly has made it worse with, or make it work 
with multiple kinds of quarterbacks. You know, he won 12 games with Everett Colson, and then he won 11 games last year with Jack Cohn. Like, he can work with different kinds of quarterbacks, and I like that because no matter who they start, whether it's Daniels, Miles Brennan, I don't think Garrett Nussmeyer is winning this job, but no. if he does... Eventually, they, like what? Like what did they not see from Miles Brennan that like in like five years that's gonna make him like be good now? Right, like Max Johnson was beating this guy out. So well, he also got hurt last year in the preseason. Yeah, it's just I think this team when when the college football talent rankings come out, you know they were fifth last year in college football talent. And they won six games. Yep. I think when the talent, the college football talent rankings come out again on two four seven, that this team's gonna be top seven and. I think with a coach like Brian Kelly, they're going to play up to that. Okay, let's let's do let's fly through a couple teams and we'll do a little more in depth. Um, Auburn, we'll do quickly. This is not a very good team this year. Uh, Brian, good, good running back room. That's about it. Yeah, no, uh, Jarquez Hunter and Tank Bigsby are both really good, but like Brian Harson should be like on trial for the things he's doing to this program. Like, you, you thought what Bruce Pearl was do, did at Auburn was bad, did, getting still them doing. getting getting them banned from the tournament. Like this might be worse. On honestly, not to condone a show cause. We'll but, get back to Bruce Pearl at some point. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, they bring in Zach Calzada, who's probably not even going to win the job. Like, who's, is it be Finley it's again? It's probably going to be Finley. He's, he's waffle. Like, it, it, like, oh, no, they, they don't win the Georgia State game without T.J. Finley last year. Like, They shouldn't have been in the position to lose against Georgia State anyways. Yeah, I mean, their wide receiver room is not very good. Their defense's strength is probably their secondary. Are they going to be Penn State week three? Yeah, they will. So, see, like, we both think Penn State's a pretty good team. We don't think Auburn's a good team, but we both think Auburn's going to win that game. Yeah, because you know it's it's in it's at all. Like Auburn should win probably most of their games at home. You think like, they'll start four now? Yeah, and but I, I, I also have that. them finishing five and seven. <laughs> What's so. the other? Oh yeah, Western Kentucky. Yeah, it's like not an awful team. But you know, like on defense, first of all, they lost their defensive coordinator, Derek Mason, who yep. went to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma um, State. Harson hired Jeff Schmetting, who was his DC at Boise State. Like, they're replacing so much. They lost Roger McCreary. They lost Kobe McClain. They lost Smoke Monday. And they lost Chandler Wooten. Those Smoke are f- Monday, the former greatest name in college. Four key players. You know, they still got Derek Hall up front, who had nine sacks last year. Owen Popo should be a really good linebacker for them. But And their secondary is... Might be their, might be their strength, but it's not I a great secondary. A, I would call it a strength. You know, you, like, the I think their problem is they have, like, one good player on defense at like each level of defense. They have and that's about it. What one good pass rusher, one good linebacker, and like one good second. They actually, like, they don't have a lot of good receivers. The no, their re- the receivers are really bad. Is it the worst in the SEC outside like Vanderbilt? Yeah, probably. Like Shedrick Drax- Jackson's their top target, who's not great, and they're all. O line, and they, well, had, they had a lot of trouble passing the ball last year. Their O line, while well, it's as a result of bad quarterback play as well. Yeah, I mean their O line, while it's old, also was really bad in pass protection last year. So. I don't think this team's going to be very good, and I think they're going to struggle against, a, like, the one team that they'll be able to, like, beat up up front is probably Mississippi State, and Mississippi State will score 35 against them. Is TJ Finley going to score 35? Like, I don't think so. So, it's going to be a long year. So let's And talk- Brian, it's not going to end with Brian Harson keeping his job. Let's talk about Mississippi State now. This is a team that I think... The people are very indifferent about Mississippi State. Some people think they could be like a nine-win team. Other I, people think I they're like a five-win team. I don't think I. I looked more into them yesterday. I don't think this is a nine-win team, but I will say their their defense is a little better than it'll get credit for. They were a good defense in the end of last year, and like I, I think because like 
Mike Leach is the coach there, and they run an air raid offense. People like rule out them having a good defense, but like people forget, like Mississippi State had like top ten defenses like three and four years ago. Yeah, I like the roster. Like I think Will Rogers is a a quarterback that goes a little underrated. The defense is pretty good. I like their safeties a lot. A couple veterans, uh, Colin Durkin and uh, Jalen Green. Receivers, Caleb Ducking, Austin Williams, Robert Thomas. Solid. Like they're gonna, like, doesn't matter who's playing receiver. Mississippi State's going to move the ball. Yeah. Uh, looking at their schedule, Rogers does a lot with his legs too. Like it, it's it's not overly difficult schedule. Their first three games are home Memphis at Arizona. They can win both those, and they go at LSU. Probably lose that. Bowling Green at home, Texas Amber home is winnable. Arkansas home winnable. Auburn home winnable. Yeah, I think they, they, can be they, late they got the they got a lot of the teams that they can beat at home. Yeah, which which I like. This is, and this is a very. In terms of the biggest X Factor team this year, I put Mississippi State on there. Leach, a year three at every stop, has had a leap. So at Washington State, had it. At Texas Tech, had it. Will he have it this year? Mississippi what, State what, is I'm, what I'm concerned about, what, my concern with this team is they don't have very many good options on the outside at receiver because they lost Mikai Polk. Yeah. And they're going to re- have to replace Charles Cross, which is a big loss yeah. at, ta- at tackle. So. You know, they're about Jordan Davis, not the Georgia Jordan Davis, obviously, but Mississippi State Jordan Davis is back. He'll probably be their best pass rusher. And I actually like their linebacker trio a lot. They bring back Jet Johnson, Nathaniel Watson, and Tyrese Wheat. So I think this defense will be probably better than it gives credit for. But, you know, like they, they probably will give up a lot of points based on the fact that just like they're not going to have the ball very much because their offense moves so fast. Yeah, I would agree with that. They're so. going to be fun to watch. Let's do one minute for each of these next four teams. One minute on South Carolina. New quarterback, Spencer Rattler. Austin Sogner at tight end. Uh, I think he's going to have one of the best seasons of any tight end in college football. Good defensive line. Uh, played well in the bowl game last year, 7-6 and six team. Where are they this year? You know, I think there's one team in, college, in kind of the SEC every year that everyone expects to kind of make a leap, and they don't. And... When the talent levels come out, I don't think South Carolina is going to be very high, and I think they kind of overperformed their talent level last year. I like still like Spencer Rattler a little. I think his weapons are suspect at best, and I think this is probably like a six or five win t- win team. I think that, I think this team's probably one that underachieves based on expectations. I have about six and six. Um, pretty easy non-conference schedule outside of the Clemson game. Obviously, they play Georgia State, South Carolina State. If Cam Smith was really good, yeah, and Charlotte. Uh, I think they can find a couple more wins there, especially at Vanderbilt, maybe at home against Missouri, maybe Florida late in the year. I, they'll, they'll find six wins. I don't think Rattler's great, but I think he'll be good enough. And I, I wouldn't rule out – like, Shane Bieber's a good coach, but I think, like, there's only so much you can do with with li- the, like little talent. I agree. Uh, Florida, next team. Uh, Anthony Richardson, you're one of your favorite players, I think, going into the season. But outside, yeah. outside of him, there's not too much. It's a kind of weak receiving core. Justin Shorter is one of their top guys. Jacob Copeland is still there. Uh, it's a first-year head coach, Billy Napier. It's what, what should the expectations be for them in year one? Yeah, I, I question how much they're going to be able to run the football, which is kind of what Florida's done for a while now. You know, they had the one-year Kyle Trask senior year where they threw it a lot. But, you, you know, like, Naquan Wright's still, still there for them at running back. He probably is their featured guy. On defense, like, I like the names they have on here, but with a new staff, like, I wonder, like, how they're going to be able to actually use that. Like, Trey Dean, good player. Jason Marshall, really good player. Up front, Jervin Dexter, Brenton Cox, Ventral Miller, Amari Bernie. Like, these are good players, but last year they were actually horrendous. Yeah. And 
What will the result of the coaching? The whole the whole Anthony Richardson thing. Like, I think he's a very good player. You know, the fact that he like he did everything that Anth- Emory Jones did running the football and is a way better passer. So my but, you'll finish what you're but I think I, what you're about to ask is probably like why Emory Jones played last year over him. Sort of, and I think it's because Emory Jones was there for so long and stuck it out playing these wildcat packages where they bring him in and run the football for three yards because it never because it never worked. Never worked. <laughs> and I think Dan Mullen like almost felt like this guy's been loyal to our program for so so long in, a, in an era where it's so easy to transfer and go somewhere else. College football. Guess what? He transferred and. and they, they tried it. It didn't work. They almost beat Alabama, which was uh, weird. They played horrible that game. But I think him being there for so long, like, he almost felt, com- like, compelled to kind of play Yeah, I was going to say, him. like, how can a, a coach who is as good of quarterbacks as, as Dan Mullen is, an incredible offense coordinator, was great with Dak Prescott, Kyle Trask, even, yeah. even made Felipe Franks, who plays tight end now, look like an all-SEC caliber yeah, quarterback. Yeah, he was good as, he so was good as first year. So why couldn't he figure it out with... Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson. That was you answered the question before I could even ask it. Yeah, and by the way, like Lorenzo, you remember the name Lorenzo Lingard? Yes, Miami He's still on this team. Like he transferred there two years ago. I thought he was going to be their starting running back. He's never played. Well, I thought he was going to be their starting running back the year they went eleven, like ten and two or whatever it was. Like kind of the really good year where they went to the SEC yeah, championship. They had Michael P. Ryan instead. Yeah, but I I thought he was going to be their starting running back. Oh, but, I guess he just didn't turn out to be that good. Yeah. Uh, quickly, Kentucky. Uh, what? I think they take a step back. Yeah, you know, I think last year seemed like the best case scenario for them. M- Mark Stoops is a good, good coach, very good coach. Don't tell that to John Calipari. Also, like Kentucky fans, do not need to hear more from me. But you know, they should have good line play. I like their offensive line a lot. They returned JJ Weaver and DeAndre Square and Jacques Jones on defense, which I like a lot. Jalen Geiger is a really good safety. Uh, Carrington Valentine should be a, a good corner for them. I don't think Will Levis is as good as people think he is. I, I, think I he's I, good. I I, not I, great. I I watch him. I watch him. People say he's this NFL prospect. I don't see it. I, I don't see it. I think he's got a okay deep ball. He. I'll say it. He reminds me a little of Daniel Jones. I think it's a good comparison. I think that's very good. I, I think last year's best key scenario for them. If they won one more game, they probably would have made it or six, but then said they lost to. Uh, I, I think I have them winning seven or eight games have, and, finish, seven, fi- and finishing fourth in the, in the East. Seven, last team quickly, Missouri. Brady Cook is <sighs> announced as a starter. They lose Tyler Beatty. Five star transfer, Luther Burton. Everyone's hyped about him. The defense still has its issues. Secondary is pretty good. Marcus Manuel and his Rake Straw. Uh, but outside of those guys, where where is this team going to find? You know, I think I think their line play should be all right, I, like competitive enough to yeah. to compete in games. I don't think this is going to be last year where they. I I have them at six and six, but I don't think this is a last year six and six where they were beaten badly a couple times. They really didn't have a chance against Tennessee. Like I don't. I I keep going through their schedule and I'm. I keep telling myself they're gonna. Have, they have four lock wins, which are Louisiana Tech, New Mexico State, Abilene Christian, and Vander and Vanderbilt. What do you they're, think? Of the they're gonna wins? they're gonna lose three games for sure: Georgia, Tennessee, and Arkansas. And then they're gonna find two wins in the rest of their game in their five games yeah. that are toss that are toss up games. I, I think they're one games. I think I have at South Carolina and home Kentucky are the two wins. I, like I think I think they're like they're gonna score points. I think you know like Luther Burden should obviously be the featured player here. Towski Dove's back, Mookie Cooper's back, Banister, Chance Looper's back, Bannister and Lovett are all back. Like they bring back a lot of weapons, which 
I like a ton. And but I, like my, my question on, for them on offense is who's going to replace Tyler Beatty's production? He was. They have Nathaniel Pete. They like this guy a lot from um, they from Truman State. The transfer, their backup running back. Uh, Cody Sh- yeah, Schrader. Him. They like him. Yeah. On, on defense, you know, I, on defense, you know, I like their secondary a lot. Uh, Mart- they bring back Martez Manuel. They Chris Abrams drains will, will probably end up being the most underrated corner in the SEC. They bring back Ennis Rakestraw, who is off an injury. They bring back um, J.C. Carlisle. Their pass rush and run stopping needs to get better. Well, yes. It, it can't get much worse than it was last it, year. It was really bad last year. And... You know, I like the names they have here. Trajan Jeffcoat was, is a good player. Isaiah McGuire could be some, something. They bring in Tyrone Hopper, who's a highly touted transfer. I like the names they have. That they need to they need to show it on the field. Like this could this could be a team that probably that wins seven eight games, but they, they haven't shown any signs of that. Yet. Yeah, well, we'll see when the season starts. Big game week two at Kansas State. We'll yeah. talk more about them next week. Let's hit the break. We'll do some ACC previews. This might run over an hour, but I don't think there's anyone behind it's us. Okay. KCU 88.1 FM. Start your Sunday season three premiere. My name's Chase Madison. And I'm Luke Magnanti. Knower of the Lions. Chase Madison. Cup of Bro. A sports radio talk show right here on KCLU 88.1 FM. Join us at 11 a.m. on Fridays for some fun sports talk. Featuring our bro segment where we talk about everything that happens off the field. And drink a little bit of coffee too. So be sure to tune in to see what we got brewing up. fans, did you know that research at the Wellness Resource Center indicates that 80% of MU students have a negative opinion of people who litter during tailgating? This is why Mizzou has the best fans in America. This public service announcement has been brought to you by the Wellness Resource Center, Craft Beer Cellar, and KCOU 88.1 FM. Looking for something that smashes sports content and video game content together into one big late night radio sandwich? Listen to Quarter Circle Backboard. A show in which your boy Chris Mitchell brings you the latest and hottest in sports news that you like and video game news that I like every Friday night at 11 p.m. on KCOU. I talk about everything from football to basketball to Street Fighter to Fallout to you name it. Is the worst thing up past your bedtime? Tune in and find out. Did you know that Mizzou has the best fans in America? Well, it's true. We treat other teams as players and fans with respect. We carry ourselves with class and dignity. We cheer loudly for Mizzou, and we take pride in our choices. This public service announcement has been brought to you by the Wellness Resource Center, Craft Beer Cellar, and KCOU 88.1 FM. KCOU 88.1 FM. Start your Sunday on August 14th, 2022. Joined by Jonathan Lidskin. This is the most infamous song in the history of the show for like a couple reasons. It is. You have you'd have to know it to to know it. Shout out Grant Salzman and David Campbell <laughs> for making the most memorable moment of all time. If you if you want to know what I'm talking about, go to our Spotify. Start your Sunday. 
And I think it's like April 22nd, maybe. It's something like that. And then go to the first break and you'll you'll figure it out. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. Let's go to Clemson. We'll the start ACC. ACC previews with a team that finished like third place in their division last year. Second. No, NC State finished second. No way. Yeah. They both, had, they both went 6-2 um, oh. in the conference. NC State had the tiebreaker. Oh. They beat Wake Forest to win the division. Attaboy with Clemson. Let's they never with them. lose to Wake Forest. The 2018 champions of college football, the 2019 runner-ups, and the 2020 semifinalists. Oh, they won the ACC like five years in a row before last year, and it was bad from the start. A 10-3 loss to Georgia. They lose at NC State. Uh, they lose at Pittsburgh, but then they kind of finished the season strong against some weaker competition outside of the win at home against Wake Forest. They won a very ugly bowl game against Oklahoma State. Uh, out in, no, no, never mind. It wasn't Oklahoma State. I lied there. It was Iowa State. Iowa State. Which, no, you know, never mind. Same ballpark. Yeah, same idea. Will this team take a leap this year? There's reason to believe yes. Yeah. There's reason to believe that their defense is going to be incredible with guys like Miles Murphy and Tyler Davis and Brian Brees and Xavier Thomas, who all should be NFL first-round picks at some point in time. And then one of the best linebackers in the sport, in my mind, in Trenton Simpson. And a solid secondary, Andrew Mukaba. Did I say that? Uh, Makuba, I believe. Makuba, and then Malcolm Green in the other corner, Nate Wiggins. Nate Wiggins is phenomenal. And then the offense, you assume it can't get much worse than last year. DJ Ngongale was bad for most of last year. Maybe he takes a step up. Will Shipley, they started using him at the end of the year. The wide receiver group isn't great. The tight end group's not great. Davis Allen feels like he's been there for like nine years. Offensive line, it's got some young guys, but it's also got some vets. So there's some balance there. Mm-hmm. But the reason I believe they're going to struggle is because DJ Gungle is still the quarterback, and they still have a kind of below-par group of wide receivers. And ha- can the defense carry this team for 13 games is the issue. So, Liddy, I know you're high on the Tigers. Yeah, what I am. Them? So, first things first, their offensive line was not good last year. They're, they need to play better. Otherwise, things could go downhill. One of two things is going to happen, Harry. Either DJ is going to play better. Which I have reason to believe he's going to. Yes, there is. Or Kate Klubnik's going to play. Because this team's schedule is not difficult. And there is no reason that they shouldn't go 12-0, and 0, or 12-0, and 11-1 and 1 and make the playoff. No no reason that they shouldn't. Going 12-0, and 11-1, entering the ACC championship. Yeah, okay. yes, yes. And, and make the playoff. I like Will Shipley a lot. I think he he's my pick for Doak Walker. And I think what he did last year, playing pretty much injured the entire year, was was remarkable. Kobe Pace is pretty solid backup as well. They bring back Joe Ngata. They Bo Collins should start. You know, like I, and and we think these guys can be and good. Brand, they haven't proven and much. Brandon Spector will be their third starter. I like the fact that like. Their whole receiver room this year isn't just like 50 50 guys. Like they, they, it's not like a Corlin Powell. And a it, T. Higgins it, it's not like they like brought in like, like T. Higgins and like a Justin Ross, like minis. Like, they, like their wide receivers they, have different skill sets, I which I like. Kyle Shanahan said this a while yeah. ago. It's like you want your wide receiver room to look like a basketball team where it's like you have your salt, your point guard, your shooting guard, your, your smaller guys, then you have your big guys. Your <laughs> right. Like you, you don't want your wide receivers to only be able to line up on the outside yeah. and like. Only be able to like make 50 50 catches. Defense is wh- where we get into it. This might be, I-, I wouldn't say they're the best defense in the country because that probably goes to Alabama, but they're right up there with them. But they were up there with them last year, is the issue. Yeah, the, well, Clemson had the best defense statistically in the country last year. It wasn't, it wasn't Georgia. Georgia was the best defense in the country just because like 
they were competing at the highest level and doing it against the best teams, but statistically Clemson was better than them. Miles Murphy, Tyler Davis, Brian Breezy, Xavier Thomas with KJ Henry rotating in is the best defensive line in college football, no questions asked. That, that, that group is like 2016 Clemson level. Or not 2016, 2018 Clemson level, where they sent those four guys to the NFL, and then they had Albert Huggins right behind them. By the way, Xavier Thomas was on that team. He's still there. Yeah, he's <laughs> um, Trenton Simpson is probably, if not one of the best linebackers in the country. I'm very high on Nate Wiggins and Sheridan Jones as their cornerback uh, duo. Tyler Venables is still there. He better not see the field. Um, <laughs> you know what Davos Sweeney's like kid played as like the the holder? Yeah. Will, Will Sweeney? Yeah. Yeah, he was outdone by uh Joe Tessitore's son in that Boston John Tessitore. In that Boston College game. But you know, like they bring back Levante Bentley, Barrett Carter's still there. You know, out the uh, our lads, which is the site you that we use for the depth charts, show the uh Show yellow as like a like new player, yes. like uh, as a player that came in. They don't have a single yellow player on defense. They bring back the entire defense, which is just unbelievably like incredible in this day and age. Yeah. I, I think like if D, if DJ throws nine touchdowns and ten picks again, this is going to be an, an issue, and he's not going to be playing football for Clemson very much longer. But I have reason to believe that he's going to play much better. Yeah. Like I'm not going to come out here and say he's going to be a top two quarterback if you see or and play he, unbelievable people ball. People thought last year he was going to be really good. I, he, I went on the show and said that he was played in two games last year in Clemson. He nearly lost both. He, I think, that, like, I, I think he's going to play much better. I, I think he's going to do. This is going to be a early 2010s SEC team. I have them at ten and two. I don't know if their defense can hold up for 12 games. I have reason to believe the offense is going to struggle. I think it's a tough-ish schedule. I think the game at Notre Dame is a losable game. I think they're at home against Miami is tough. Game is against NC State at home. They're at Wake Forest. They should win, but, you know, again, you never know. It's it's going to be tough for them, especially with DJ still a quarterback. I would like to see some Cade Klubnik, but, you know, when you're not the best team in your division, it's hard to win the division because the best team in the division, I'll get to right now, and it's a team that I think could make the playoff. It's the NC State Wolfpack. You mentioned, you know, looking at Clemson's depth chart, our, our lens is that, you know, you don't, our lads, is that you don't see any yellow. You don't see yellow on NC State's no, defense either. It looks like they're returning basically everyone from a, a defense that was number two in the ACC last year on a top 15 defense overall. And also return a lot of production on offense. The difference between Clemson and NC State, NC State's returning a top three quarterback in the conference. I mean, Devin Leary who threw for over 30 touchdowns last year and over 3,000 yards. Jordan Houston, at running back, is now the starter. They got they returned most of the receiving room with Thayer Thomas and Devin Carter. They got Maryland transfer with one of their best receivers, Daryl Jones, is now going to play on that outside role. Return basically the entire offensive line outside of one player. Chandler Zavaris will replace that role. That's a team that not only beat Clemson last year. It's I, I'm one of these believers that like if you get over the hump, like you're there. Even though that game is at Clemson this year. Like, NC State couldn't beat Clemson for the life of them. They got so close so many years. You remember the game in 2016 when NC State's kicker missed, like, a 32-yard field goal yeah. to win the game? Mm-hmm. Like, Clemson, NC State just couldn't get over the Clemson hump. They've done it. They did it. Now it's like, when, now that they're almost on that level, I think NC State can compete with them yet again. I don't think they're afraid of Clemson, I should say. And this is, this is going to be a good team to watch. They were 9-3 and three last year. They struggled in a Week 2 game against Mississippi State. That, I'll take that one with the nose. 
but they lost the other two games in ACC play by a combined four points. A game in Miami they really should have won. I don't know how Miami won that game, but that was kind of the start of the Tyler Van Dyke dynasty, which we'll get to later in a couple of teams from now. And then they lost to Wake Forest by three points. I I think the good I think now they're gonna have a little more luck in their favor, and I have them at eleven and one. And some people feel this way, some people don't. I think you're on the side with don't. So I do think this is a good football team. I think like their failure to like be able to run the football is going to be what ends up hurting them a lot. That could be an issue because they, they do they need to throw the ball a lot more than they did last year, and like they, they didn't throw the ball nearly enough. And Devin Leary still threw thirty five touchdowns. Like this is a unit that could pass the ball really well with, with Leary, and I, I like their receivers too. They bring back Devin Carter and, and Thayer Thomas, two very good receivers. Their defense is obviously going to be what carries the day yeah, for the them. Clemson is the best linebacker room in the country. NC State is the second best. Yeah. No, I mean, th- this is a very good defensive unit. They bring back Cyrus Fagan. They bring back Derek Pitts. Th- this is a, go- a good defense, ver- a very good defense. I think what you're kind of overlooking is the fact that, like, sure, like, they lost a one-point game to Miami. They lost a three-point game to Wake Forest. They also were trailing in the fourth quarter at home against North Carolina. It came back to win that yep. game. And they had a seven-point game against Louisiana Tech in the, middle, in the middle of the season, which, you know, that could be an anomaly. Like, And hopefully it's not what Louisiana Tech plays like against Mizzou. Hey, if, they, if you want to cover them to cover the 21 but and a half, you do. I think their schedule is a little harder than people will give it credit for. They have a lot of home games against the teams they need to. But I think Texas Tech could be an interesting game at the start yes. of the year because they, they struggled against Mississippi State last year who was an air raid team, winning at Clemson is going to be a tall task. And, you know, like, Clemson may win that game 20-13, to 13, but it, it might not feel That's like it. That's probably Clemson's most difficult game not named, not outside of Notre Dame. And, like, listen, I, like, I'll go out and say this. And, like, like Miami, like, they're kind of new, so, like, we'll, we'll see with them. But NC State is probably the only team in the ACC that can compete up front with Clemson. Yeah. And I think that's correct. That, that's why they have a shot at beating them, even on the road. I, I think, you know, like they're going to get Virginia Tech at home. Wake Forest doesn't have we we don't know who's playing quarterback for yeah, them anymore. We, we they're them fast. Boston College and Florida State are both at home. Florida State doesn't know who's playing quarterback either because the guy they playing quarterback I, isn't very good. I think their last two games could be really dicey. You know, back back to back road games to end the year. One of them's Louisville, who could run all over them. And I, I think this this is a team that. Like their their floor, I think, is probably winning eight games. Okay. Like like they're they're in the ACC. If you can win up front, you can beat anybody. And like they're a ten point favorite against East Carolina week one. I don't really see why I shouldn't bet NC State in that yeah, game. It's a tricky. Like East. Let's think about it this way, Harry. You know who was? Uh, I bet against East Carolina week one last year as as a ten and a half point dog. Do you know? <laughs> Do you know who who they played? Wasn't it wasn't it the SEC team? It was App State. Huh? Why are App State and NC State both the same amount of favorites against East Carolina? I, that, I'm not sure. That well, that one confuses me. And like I think this team probably goes nine and three, ten and two. But I, I think Clemson's. I just think Clemson's better than them. Yeah, it's not a crazy thing to say. So. Clemson is favored, you know, to win the Atlantic. You're, yeah, it's like we're not going on, you, on a limb. You know what's what's kind of unfortunate is like we're not going to have this drama with these two teams because they play week five. Like it's the yeah. first game for each team on the. That's AC- on October first, I believe. Yeah, it's the first game for each team on the ACC schedule. Like, 
But what, that was what, also Clemson's first team last on the ACC we're gonna, schedule. We're going to pretty much know who's going to win the ACC Atlantic like, right off the bat, unless like Louisville comes out and shocks people, they, which, like, which you know, they, they, could. they could. They're an explosive team. Let's but, do Wake Forest real fast, just because we don't know the situation of quarterback with Sam Hartman. They have not been public about what his medical condition is. They're supposed to start Michael Kern, a redshirt sophomore from Orlando, Florida. Doesn't have a lot of experience. Uh, last year, compl- attempted just 24 passes and 253 yards. It's a good system, so I think they're still going to. I agree. They're going to. They're going to still score points, and like you know, they bring back At Perry, who's re- a really good weapon. So I, I think the problem is that like the defense. They're not. They're, first of all, they gave up 56 points last year to Army. They get on me again this year. Yeah, which like that's that's not an easy game. Like th- this is a Wake Forest team. Like they're they're gonna probably win. Like I- I'll say this: I bet they still win a bowl game, get to a bowl game without Sam yeah, Hartman. I have an eight and four. I-, I I bet they still get to a bowl game without Sam Sam Hartman. But I- I- like eight and four might be a stretch. I just I think they go six and six. But like really, their their line play is poor. Just, not good, and which is the reason they're not going to beat Clemson, which is the reason they're not going to beat NC State, and which is the reason that they, pr- they probably won't beat Florida State. Florida State's line way will be better, but like a win against Louisville is not out of the question. A win against UNC isn't out of the question. Do they get to play Duke? Like Army's line play is usually pretty good. They should beat Vanderbilt. Like this, this is a team that'll they'll still fight. Like they're, they're still well enough coached and. Like they still have good enough, a good enough system to find their way to six, seven wins. I would agree with that. I think At Perry is one of the five best receivers in the sport, maybe top ten. They'll they'll find a way to win games. They'll, we'll see how long Hartman's out for. That'll obviously adjust our prediction with them. Let's do Louisville real fast, and we'll wrap up the Atlantic with them. Uh, we can touch on Florida State also, I guess. Malik Cunningham. People are good. People are very public about him having this breakout season. Uh, they added a very good running back from. Uh, can, from uh, Tennessee and Tyon Evans, who was there started last year, ran for like over 100 yards against Missouri in that game. Mm-hmm. Couple transfer receiver D. Wiggins, I believe this was Miami last year, and Tyler Hudson, uh, Mari Bruce Huggins, another one of the guys, Huggins Bruce, I should say. Veteran offensive line, defense, we're not sure how good it is. Uh, could this team kind of break out in the ACC? Yeah, I have them winning eight games, actually. Okay. I think they're going to score a ton of points. I'm not like. I, I think they're very similar to like what like they're going to replace I think what Wake Forest would have done if Sam Hartman had been healthy and I actually think they're better than Wake Forest regardless but like like I like the addition of D Wiggins Marshawn Ford they kind of use as like their H back I think he's he'll be very effective for them I think their defense could really struggle but like Yaya Diaby's back they bring back um Yasir Abdullah like this defense isn't completely terrible, but they're still going to give up some points. Yeah, I think they're at 8-14, and 14, maybe 7. I think they're at 7-5, maybe 8-4. and four. Uh, Quickly, Florida State. Just give me a record for the next one, though. I'll say 7-5. and 5-7 five. Five and and, uh, or 6-6. Six six. I still try, Jordan Travis is still If people, like if, like, if they make a bowl game, Mike, like, that should be a good thing. Yeah. Because, like, Mike Norvell has not made a bowl game yet. And, like, I, like on paper, like, I like who they have. Like, like Jordan, Jordan Travis needs to stay on the field. He he was not healthy last year. I like the addition of Michael Pittman. Losing Jermaine Johnson is going to be huge because he would like he single handedly won them some games last year. But you know, Akeem Dent's a really good safety that they bring back. So like this team on paper will always look all right. Yeah, we'll do three teams in the uh, coastal now. Miami, the first one. Very good team. You go first on them. Very good team, and I'm pulling up my notes on them right now. But I, I think. There could be a game in there where it's like, 
like Mario Cristobal still hasn't completely changed the culture yet because yeah. it's hard to do. It's but like, one. you know, they bring back Xavier Restrepo, receiver. Tyler Van Dyke's my pick for Heisman. Like, so, so you you have him what ten and two? You said yeah. So how does that? Because it feels like every year the Heisman has to be on a, like, an elite team. So I think they're gonna. I guess they can make a year six game. We saw which we saw with uh, Lamar Jackson. I think they can make a year six. But same uh, idea. I forget exactly what the numbers he was putting up last year. It was like I could put them three thirty six, three touchdowns, like in a game, and like if. I mean, if he does that every game, like... Okay, I got it. His final six games last year, he averaged 366 yards per game, 3.33 touchdowns, 0.5 interceptions, and 66% completion rate, which is very similar numbers to so, Joe Burrow in 2019. So if he does that over a full season, he's going to throw for over 4,000 yards. He's going to throw for 39 touchdowns, um, if you include the ACC championship, which I have them playing in. Which the 39 touchdowns probably needs to go up by a couple, but like I, I can't imagine with the weapons he has that he doesn't throw four touchdowns yeah, in a couple games. A lot of these receivers were true freshmen last year and retro freshmen who were, were just getting a taste of it. I don't, I'm not overreacting to the loss of Charleston Rambo and Mike Harley because I don't think those guys were really good players. They just got a lot of volume, if that makes sense. We, we were we were talking about Will Mackey, Will Mallory as a Mackey Award winner last year at the start of the season. Their offensive line should should be. Much better, and Zion Nelson, their right tackle or left tackle, excuse me, is a first-round pick. I like their running back duo with Jalen Knighton and Henry Parrish, and that's not even talking about any anyone they have on defense. Yeah, which Leonard has its its questions. Leonard Taylor is a good player, but like again, like I like their secondary. Tyreek Steve, DJ Ivy's back at corner. He'll he'll rotate in there for them. James Williams, best best special teams group in the ACC. Also, they're older now, and. Like I think they had their struggles last year, but I also think they showed their flashes of of brilliance. Honestly, last six games, five and one, only losses to Florida State. So. The game that Florida State miraculously won, and because Florida State won that game, they fired Manny Diaz. Also, you need to mention the special teams sophomore year for kicker Andres Borgales, who I hope his brother uh, Andy or no, his brother is. No, I forget his Joseph name. Borgales. No, no, you're thinking of Greg Joseph. Um, I'm telling you, Joseph Borgales. No, it's it's oh, Juan Borgales. Hold on, hold on. Borgales. He's on Tampa. He's going to make the team. Oh, oh, yeah, Jose Borgales. Jose, Jose Borgales. I said one. Uh, the punter, Lou Headley, is like 30 years old. Yeah. He's, he's the Australian guy, right? Yeah. I wish I could find his actual age. I'm not sure his date of birth is It wouldn't shock me if this team beat a and I'm picking them beat a and I'm not, but it wouldn't shock me. Texas A&M hasn't won every single home game in the history of the program prior to their to contrary belief. I botched that. <laughs> we got the point. Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett's gone. Jordan Addison, gone. Mark Whipple, gone. I think last year was just like more of a, a lightning in a bottle kind of So, so the, the Pitt fans will tell you that, that Mark Whipple was only there because Kenny loved him. And that uh, their coach, Pat Narduzzi, is the real mastermind oh, behind yeah. what they do. Which, like, I believe. And, like, I don't. You know, like. If I was a Pitt fan, I'd I'd love Pat Narduzzi. Like, I think if he was public about like wanting to go to a bigger school, he could, because he wins eight games in a, a year. In no, he doesn't. Narduzzi. Pitt? No, Pitt does not win eight games. They win seven, eight games pretty much every year. Hold on, go on with your point. I'll I'll figure it out. They, they, they win football games, Harrison. Pitt Pitt wins football games. They are usually in a bowl. Pretty much. Pat Narduzzi at Pitt. This is his last 
five seasons. This is him. First two years, he went eight and five. Since five and seven, seven and seven, eight and five, six and five, eleven and three. So yeah, yeah, wins eight, eight, seven games every year. And Pitt fans love that because I think if he was public about wanting to go to a better school, like he could get a better job than, than Pitt. I think he's a very good coach. Now, what to think about Keaton Slovis? Bad. Not bad. Not good. He was good enough to probably get this team second in the division. but It's not going to take much. You know, like this is the ACC Coastal we're talking about right here. On defense, you know, their defense wasn't great last year, but it was good enough to win games, and it probably will be around that level again. They lose Jordan Addison, which is just huge because he was so big for them last year. So we'll see if we get USC freshmen, Keaton. I don't think we will. No, I don't love the receiver room. Jared Wayne, Bre- Jalen Bradley. They got Keontae Mumfield transfer from, I believe, Akron maybe? One, one of those Mac schools. It's The defense I like a lot. A couple good guys on the defensive line, but it's they're not going to be good enough to carry. This is an 8-4 team in my mind. Uh, I don't see them as a crazy threat. To them. I think Miami will have clinched the division by the time they play Pitt last game of the year. That probably is right. Uh you want to do North Carolina and wrap it up with them? Um, Jacoby Criswell and Drake May balance that starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you like Criswell, don't you? Yeah, I like Criswell. I think he's going to be pretty good. I think he's a good quarterback for Mac Brown. You know, like they get Josh Downs back, which is a top 10 receiver in the sport. But yeah. I don't think this team is – like, they have names I like. They have, they have names. Like, Desmond Evans is, is a good edge The defense rusher. wasn't very good last year. And they, they just got hired uh, Gene Chizik as their defensive coordinator. Who's yeah. – yeah. um, <laughs> Like Tony Grimes, a name that I like a lot of corner. Storm Duck is back, who's an effective player in the secondary. Like, I don't like this team very much. I have them at 7-5. I think they'll be able to run the football a little. Yeah. British Brooks is, is solid. 7-5, this could be the end of the road for Mac Brown. Yeah, he, he could retire. So, let's like, do, so your ACC championship is... Clemson, Clemson, Miami. And you have Clemson winning? Yeah. I have NC State, Miami, and NC State winning. So I have Clemson at 13-0 in, ma- in making the playoff, but I will say it's it's more likely that they slip up than not. I, I think they probably finish 12-1 and under the four, and are the four seed. Gotcha. So let's – we'll wrap it up with this. This is one of our favorite games to play, or I guess not game, but who would – we'll do SEC and ACC. Uh, the top candidate in each conference to be a survivor team this year. Top so our survivor teams are teams that are, are kind of floating around the playoff conversation throughout the entire season. Maybe the team you didn't see coming. Does LSU does LSU yeah. start qualify as that? Yes. Okay, because they start eight zero in my opinion, and like in the in the first playoff ranking, I, I think LSU is probably in the top seven, yeah. top six. Like their their schedule just plays right into their favor at the start of the year. Like I think they I'm pulling it up right now, but I believe like. Their toughest, they can start six and their toughest road game is like Auburn at the start of the year, which they like they sh- they're much better than Auburn. Like, yeah, the, the, I, I would say mine um, is I wouldn't even call NC State a survivor team because I think they're going to start the season in the top twenty-five or the top fifteen, I should say. I would say LSU if LSU's ranked a little high, I would say Tennessee, and then after them, I would go so, with in the ACC. Miami. No, because I think my I think those teams are going to rank in the top fifteen to start the year. So usually you want to trend towards teams who are kind of ranked in the lower. Okay. Louisville, I would say. Maybe Boston College. Yeah. No, I'm, just, I'm, like, I'm looking at LSU's schedule again. The first playoff ranking, I believe, is November 1st. Yeah, that's already been confirmed. This, this year, because it's always like the f- last week of October. They first week, it's November 1st. First week of November. 
the, the two road games that they have to play, that LSU has to play before that ranking, are at Auburn and at Florida. Which like uh, Florida will be tough. Yeah, I mean like those like. But other than that, like Florida State, Southern, Mississippi State, New Mexico, Tennessee, and Ole Miss are the home games. Like they should, like they should be favored in all of those. Three weeks from today, game day, LSU, Florida State from the Superdome. That's gonna conclude. Wait, that game might not be as as easy as you might think it is, but no, it, it like it's in, in, in Baton, they should be a touchdown favorite in that game. Well, it's a three point favorite, and which is why we're, we're betting already, LSU. already on the Tigers. We've already bet the Tigers. <laughs> Thanks for everyone tuning in. We'll be back next week. Big 10, Big 12, Pac-12. Try to keep it a little shorter than we're at 68 minutes right now. Thanks for tuning in. Start your Sunday. KCU 88.1.